presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Oil Country Podcast. It's Kyle. John isn't here at the moment. His laptop just went on the fritz, so he is not going to be here for the intro, but he will be back as of next week, at least on his phone until his computer is repaired. For this episode, uh, we fortunately recorded with Brad from Flames Unfiltered just earlier this week. I I wasn't there on the episode. It's just going to be Brad and John, Uh, but it's quite entertaining. I enjoyed listening to it. It was kind of nice being able to just be a fan of the podcast and and listen to an episode myself without having to listen to my horrible voice. Um, But other than that, I I was kind of looking forward to talking about our Twitter poll that we had going on for our bracket for who the Oilers fans hold a grudge against the most. From our feedback, we had uh, the players moving on being Pronger, Heatley, Hatcher, and Kessler in the first division of players. The second one being Kachuk, Pugliarvi, Lucic, and Perry. In the coaches' management division, Chirelli, Tambellini, Pocklington, and Eakins all moved on. And in the media division, Stoffer, Burke, Francis, and Rudy. Uh, I gotta say, I, I agree with all of those picks. The only one that me and John had to decide, uh, which we were hoping to do again on air, was... Uh, was Brian Burke and Drew Amenda were both tied. We kind of felt that Drew Amenda, uh, his reason that people hold a grudge against him is both because they feel he may be a bit simplistic, which I feel is actually a good thing. He helps out new fans of the game with his X's and O's look at hockey. Um, At the same time, I understand why people also didn't like him because in the past he had maybe had a bit of favoritism towards other teams. Uh, Again, the Oilers sucked for a lot of years and it was... It was maybe him trying to just find something to talk about. Um, Brian Burke, on the other hand, he's been a general manager of a lot of teams that we hold great disdain for, uh, as well as he's very Calgary favorite in every you know media scrum that we see him in. So I, I think that we made the right choice moving him on. And if you guys want to have your say in that, you just have to go to Twitter uh, at our Twitter at oil country pod and uh and make your vote there and we'll talk about it next week when uh when john is here on his phone um other than that i'm just gonna let it roll with brad and uh and yeah here we go joining flames unfiltered now is our buddies from oil country podcast john joins me john good to have you back on the show yeah thanks for having me i'm uh looking forward it's been a it's been a while since we've chatted obviously with the uh the the string of Battle of Alberta is all log jammed into one. It's been a little while, so I was planning on talking to you here a lot here in the next coming coming weeks, but uh, I don't know. Well, with playoffs are kind We're, of approaching at that time, it was a game coming up here in what, what a yeah. week and a half, and then uh, the playoffs coming, and all that's been scrapped for uh, a, you know just a very a serious situation and one that uh, I don't know is somewhat shocking and. Uh, and scary, I guess there's no other way to describe it, but um, we can maybe touch on that just a little bit about the effects of that in Alberta and in Edmonton, especially, and then uh, we'll get out of that and give people an escape from that. Um, yes, it sounds good to me. I, I, I think that one of the things I got to say here too, Brad, like the wild thing to me is just how quickly it all happened. Like we we've known about this for months as a potential issue mm-hmm. and it went from, you know, hey, this might be something we're worried about, but there was never even really large media or anything saying like, oh, what if this impacts the playoffs or what if this cancels the season or suspends the season? The biggest talk was maybe some arenas will have to play with no fans. 
So when did, when did you take it serious? Like personally, when did you like, like, are we talking NHL wise or just like me personally? Either both, both actually. I mean, honestly, NHL wise, I like maybe a day or two before when, when they started coming out with certain areas. Yeah. You know what? Playing with no fans. That's when I was like, but I, even then, like, I think until the NBA season suspended, it, it wasn't as worrisome. And I, I'd even say similarly with my personal life. I mean, you had heard it when it was an issue in China, mm-hmm. but one of the things was, and as we've learned more about this is with how many people are asymptomatic or not showing obvious symptoms or just assuming they have the flu that we weren't mass testing in North America up until no. recently, like at all. Right. So it was easy to just be like, oh, that's not going to be a problem. So once that started happening and you started hearing of like celebrities and athletes getting it and, you know, restrictions started coming down. You know, I mean, Alberta has been in a state of emergency, I think, and since last Tuesday. So like five or six days now. Mm-hmm. So that's obvious. I mean, yeah, it's getting very serious. It's, it's, it's worrisome. It's, it's, it's scary straight up. It's, uh, you know, I, I made a comment about a week and a half before like the NBA thing on another Mm -hmm. podcast and said um, to one of the hosts on the show, I said, well, you know, this, this could interrupt the season. And when I said it, I was, I was kind of like thinking to myself, eh, I doubt it, but it could, you know? Right. And he kind of laughed me off and, uh, and then it did. Well, (laughs) but you know, what's so funny about it is even like the Wednesday night when the NBA, um, I thought like the Tuesday, like when we heard that Columbus was going to play to an empty arena and San Jose mm-hmm. was too, I thought, Oh, this will be okay. We're just going to have some games for a while without some fans. Um, this will all pass. You know, we always minimize things in the world just cause I know anything that comes up that's scary. I think our society, um, tries to minimize it to, to reduce fears. Cause none of us want to be scared uh, or, exactly. or admit we're scared. Um, so we, and you, you don't want to incite like wide panic either right? yeah, absolutely. Like everybody freaks out that we've i mean frick we saw that with toilet paper like oh, early geez. early on right when there was no issue of people running out yeah. and that was what people panicked about before we even had you know <laughs> close to as much information as we have now yeah <laughs> but when they when the nba announced then i knew it was done like i knew we were done yeah and, I, did too. I remember talking with my roommate that night because we obviously had the oilers game and yeah, that came out the yeah. mission and it was like, I just don't see how the NHL continues through this. I was really with, with, like, it's too risky. I was really selfish that first night though. Cause I kept saying, oh, this is a bunch of crap. Like I disagree. I think we're jumping the gun. I mean, I was, and I was, it was my selfishness cause I don't want to live without sports. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then reality set in late Wednesday night. And I was like, yeah, this is probably bigger than sports and bigger than everything else in, in, in our lives. So, um, and you, you mentioning it about kind of can't remember the word you use, but more or less like diminishing it or how, how bad it is or how bad it's going to be. I think there's a lot of, you know, reasons and like a little bit of validity to why we did that. Obviously looking back, it's, it's a hindsight is 2020 situation. We know how bad it is and, and, what it's projecting to be potentially, but you know, you looked at how many cases were in China and then Italy was, is obviously the one getting hit very hard now, but it's easy in North America 
and especially Canada, to look and say, well, maybe it's not that infectious because look at how many people they have there and look at how concentrated they are where, you know, even in the States is much more spread out and then Canada even more so. So there was a lot of kind of reasons to rationalize that and say, oh, you know, it's not going to be as bad here. Like that's just, it happened directly in China. They've got so much travel and so many people and, and all that. Well, one of the things we also do too in, in America and in Canada is we, uh, we think we're cleaner than they are. We think we're better. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? We think we live a healthier lifestyle than they do. We just, we think all these things. And so we think, well, that can't happen to us because we don't have markets on the streets with dead animals. Um, right. We, we just, we try to find reasons and, and you know what, there's probably truth to that. And there's truth to what you just said in the amount of mass people in one area, but that doesn't mean we can or shouldn't take it serious. I don't know. For sure. I think both the American and Canadian governments have done about everything they should, I guess. I don't know what more we can. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about your American governments too much. I've, I haven't, for one, I'm just like uneducated in it for the most part, but um, so I don't want to be like biased in that sense, but uh, <laughs> that would be, a, I, I think it'd be a whole other topic. I'll, I'll say this. It's an extremely difficult time. Like I would not, I consider myself with the ability to lead and, and be in leadership positions. There is no way in hell that I would want to be running a country at this time. You're like, in a no-win situation. I can't even fathom that. You're in a no-win situation. For sure. No matter what you choose, it's it's not going to, people are not going to, or half the people are not going to agree with you. And at the end of the day, you're going to make mistakes, right? Like this is like, we've never said, done this in situation. Like, yeah, our it, grandparents it's really, I mean, done this. Yeah. It, it's really an unprecedented situation and with, with a ton of factors. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to touch on the States politics or politics, honestly, cause I just, I don't touch that with like a 10 foot pole. Well, let, <laughs> let, let's shift gears and let's talk about hockey and how Sounds it relates to to, and how it relates to this. Um, I'll be straight up. Do you think we're going to finish the regular season? And do you think we will have a playoffs this year? Uh, you know, Kyle and I talked about that on our, on our episode a little bit. And I'll, I'll preface this with saying as a fan, I really wish they would prioritize finishing this year over playing a full season next year. Really? But I understand why they're not going to do that. And I'll also admit that the bias is probably there as an Oilers fan. Because you guys are going to make it. Seasons of us going to make it. So exactly. Like I'm pissed about that. Obviously I'm, I'm not blaming the NHL for suspending. I know it was the right decision, but I'm, you know, selfishly pissed about that. I, I will say it's very hard to say for one, but no, I don't think. I think this season's going to get canceled, unfortunately. I, 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 I just, I think this is going to go too long. I think there's a 5%, less than 5% chance we see regular season or postseason this year. I think it's going to all get scrapped. Um, I, there's a glimmer of hope. Um, I think they do want to finish it. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that, that they're, there's, they're minimizing it and just pushing this aside. I, I do think the NHL really does want to finish it. I just look at the timetables and I'm just like, I don't, just don't know how you're going to do this. I, I don't I know mean, how you're going to do this. Realistically, like, do you think, let's just say you scrap the regular season okay. and what, you know, whatever any of those theories going around, whether you play wild card play ins, 
I got a 40, I got a three series, whatever. I came up with a format that they can do it in 40 days. Now I'm not saying it's flawless, but it's a system that would work. And is that just, that's playoffs with like a wild card system played in or whatever. Yep. So let's just say they do that. So you're starting June 1st minimum. If everything goes, I was going to say with how much they want to, I think you could do July. So that puts you, let's just say they fast track it, whether they can't do best of three series or whatever. You want to know a factor say, that let's comes say they in can though? award the cup by August 10th. Okay. But, but here's the problem. If the Olympics go, the Olympics are on NBC in the States. You can't forget that. I want to though. That's, uh, that's and such bullshit in the, my opinion. <laughs> and that TV deal supersedes anything else and if they can't televise them which they wouldn't because nbc will have every single channel be the olympics they have like six nbc channels in the states and all of them will be olympic coverage yeah, non-stop sure. 24 hours just a day. like cbc is in canada yep. all the time yeah. so there's no way the nhl is nudging in on that and there's I, no way they can change it to put it on espn or something like that it, it's not con- there, there's a contract they can't do that I absolutely hate that you're completely right. I didn't even think about that. So, so this has to be done by the 24th of June or July, excuse me, of July, 24th of July. It has to be done. So, let, so let's say just to give us a little bit more leeway, let's say June 15th, we'll meet in the middle there. If you do a condensed version and you're done, you award the Stanley cup game seven or game five at the latest, the day before the Olympic opening ceremony. Okay. So you fast track the living shit out of that. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I still think there's no way that that happens. That doesn't happen like, because, because there's the arena availability. Like there's, oh, there's so many factors that play into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many factors and I don't believe, and I don't know so, how you feel on this is I don't think you can play the Stanley cup final without it having seven games. I, I, I agree with you there. The I think you could go right up to conference finals with best of fives. Yep. Like I'd be finding a similar baseball setting where I even had like, best of three in the, in the divisional finals. Oh, me too. You had to, I'd, I'd be fine with divisional uh, quarter to. and semi. You like, have to. Or, sorry, divisional conference quarter. And, and the wild card, I had a one game play in type thing because I, yeah. you just have to, I mean, we, otherwise you're not going to get it done in 40 days. And right. I looked at it as right now with what the CDC and Canada health is saying that June 1st is probably the first time. If everything goes great that we're going to see any professional sport. Well, and you're still seeing a lot of movement. I mean, like I'm, I'm currently working still in Northern Alberta. I'm currently working in North Dakota. Yeah. It, it's and so we're not even at the stage where they've gotten to the point where it's but everything you, other than not, can I give you some, everything other than essential. Can I give you some bright news? Yes. Yesterday, love some bright news. yesterday in North Dakota, uh-huh. we had th- 280 tests. I know that doesn't sound okay. like much, but you got to realize our population is not vast yeah 280 tests we had zero positive Hmm. it's the only day we've not assuring we've all that's the only day we haven't today we did 230 tests and had two positive so we've went we're at 30 total in the state it's not too bad approximately started throwing on the spot how many people are in north dakota like approximately what would you ballpark oh 
Okay, so it is quite small. Okay. I still think that's not enough testing, but at the same time, it also depends how many of your people are showing symptoms. What's what's life like down there as far as, like, are a lot of businesses closed? And um, I would say 80, shut down, 80% or? shut down. What our state had emergency, we declared an emergency the same day as Alberta did. Okay. Um, uh, we have mo- oh, restaurants, theaters, gyms, restaurants, bars, casinos, casinos are not allowed to be open. Yeah. The restaurants so are open. That sounds like kind of the standard of, of restaurants what everybody's are, more or less doing. Restaurants are open, carry out only. Okay. Cause I think if I'm not mistaken, or doorstep um, delivery. It might even be 50% capacity, up to 50 people still. Oh, so we don't, changed. ours went from 50 people. It was crazy because on Tuesday, they said, last Tuesday, they said no gatherings of 50 or more. On Wednesday, they said no gatherings of 10 or more. So we've been at 10 See, or more for. As far as your state government, I'll say they've been even more aggressive than Alberta has, which mm-hmm. and I think Alberta's done a decent job. We've, uh, we're trying to. You know, and I don't know. I was very, very happy though as I went to bed last night. Knowing we had zero, I, that I don't oh, know. Sure. I just felt like that was a good move. And you know, and I look at um, some of the other states, and I, I looked at um, Calgary. I think had twenty eight new yesterday. I think. Um, I, I well, we Alberta had uh, yeah, it was like twenty. There's it was about thirty. We had a jump a couple of days ago of like fifty or forty nine, I think it was. But you know, one and that of the, was the biggest jump. We've and seen. one of the things is with the jumps, we almost have to expect that though, because when you're not testing, you can't have jumps, right? And now we're testing, and in the states is much more available than it was a week ago. So yeah. with testing, you're going to have higher numbers. So I don't know. Yeah, you expect it, but more accurate numbers too, but definitely higher numbers, right? Like that's, as that's ramping up and I mean, it definitely is. So, so do you see, okay, so like, let's, is there any way, can we know, I know I, I pissed you off with the Olympics thing, but. <laughs> well, you didn't piss, I mean, the information pissed me off. It was very valid, valid information. With, okay, the Olympics, what is the Olympics called? Two weeks? Uh, yeah, I think like two, two and a half, including like two and a half, including ceremonies. So probably August 15th be a safe, when it's would it be up. done to be done okay. by August 15th. Um, do you, do you think there's any hope that they would come back and play an August, September playoffs? So I think it would be feasible from my uneducated, not on the inside mind. I think it would be feasible. And, and this is what my hope was right from the get go. Like when Kyle and I were talking, when this news all broke, I was of the mindset. And again, this is weighing, I think it's from a fan perspective. Can't make that clear enough. I think it's more important to award a Stanley cup than to play even close to a full season next year. And I know money-wise, it'll never happen because the owners won't give that up. And and neither will the players, honestly, because they need the cap to go they up. They need the cap to, to go up. Yeah, it's, it's just escrow, all that stuff factors in there. And it's I understand why it won't, but from a fan perspective, and if you were, if the NHL said our number one priority is to award a Stanley Cup this year, I think you could do it I think you could start the playoffs in middle of October. Oh. Wrap up by the end of November. So here's the and here's the tough part. And this is, I think, and then what where take we might two weeks off? Discussion. So well, and I then think have free agency and 
having a month yeah. off in December would be hard, right? Yeah, it would be. But it'd be better but than I think. I and again, that's that's if the NHL said giving the Stanley Cup this year is our number one priority. Sure, I understand. So let's let's say halfway you you award the Stanley Cup November twentieth. Okay, you condense the shit out of it. You have a couple day break. Now the draft complicates things. Scrap the draft. So you just push all those prospects to next season. Yeah. Let I know that's, all... I know I'm thinking way outside of the box there. And I, I just bla- well, I blurted that out, but did I, and I might be, maybe had this in a dream. Cause I've been dreaming about sports cause we don't have sports, but <laughs> did I not hear that major league baseball was scrapping the draft? Ooh, I honestly have no idea. I might have dreamed that. I should probably, Major, should, I probably shouldn't even say <laughs> Major that. League Baseball also drafts like out of oh, high school. Do they yeah, and they draft like which I mean, but 20 like high rounds school baseball too. is obviously different than high school hockey. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I could be wrong on that, but I, I swear somebody somebody was scrapping their draft for a so, year. So, I, I mean, you could in the sense, I'm trying to think. Could you not do the, that though? What would be the major issues? And I'm just spitballing here of doing that because you typically piss off 15, 99% of players play with their teams and yeah, you'd piss off 15 players that's it and and you'd probably piss off prospects in the sense 15 like say, prospects say a prospect had well but even more like say a prospect had rose from third round grade to early second round grade yeah but he might raise year. to first round next year for sure but then you, you've also running the risk of what if that kid tears his acl at the start of the season I know. now he's getting drafted in the fifth and it's like so what's more i mean important, you can still though, make Stanley it Cup? it's not like the nfl where you're getting money no <laughs> for sure it's the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Or some B-ranked prospect here in his ACL. Screw those kids, Brad. Screw I'm those trying, kids. I don't care. About I'm not trying to be mean, but somebody's going to pay the price for this. You know who's really yeah. going to pay the price for this? Let me throw out a question to you here. Everybody, but okay. Uh, yeah, oh, we all are. This is going to change all of our lives. I think, you know what? I do think, though, on a bright note, I do think that when we get through this, and we will get through this, but when we get through this, Agreed. we are going to be so much stronger in so many aspects, it's not even funny. I think there's a lot of silver linings and I think that's the important thing. And I've even personally tried to do that, especially social media wise. Like obviously I do, you know, podcasting wise, twi- Twitter is the thing, right. And as far as hockey news and, and trying to build your, your platform as far as social media. And I've had to take so many breaks the last week. So I'm just like, I'm not going on Twitter for too. Like 48 can't, hours. I can't look at this. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was damaging my mental health. Like Jay was getting overwhelmed and it was like, I need a break. So, so here's my crazy Brian, question. I, yes. Sorry. Do today. any teams fold? You're talking about NHL teams folding. <laughs> yeah. No, my gut says no, but what's your, why do you ask? Like, well, my, your... my gut says no too. So who are the, let's, let's, Okay. I, I want to know why you bring that up, but who, let's say three or four teams, who, who are the candidates? Oh, Arizona. For sure. Arizona. For sure. Florida. Florida. Yeah. Like, like I would say even Tampa, but they're too good right now. There's no like, and they're still getting, they're making enough money. Yeah. I, I, I assume, even though they don't have the attendance that a lot of the rest. I would of say have. those two are probably the two that I would think of. Now I know you want me to say Ottawa. But I don't. No, there's no way. But I don't think Ottawa. Would. I think even if if it was something where Ottawa was hey, holding, but think I think about it would this. be a situation okay. where like the league steps in so and buys them. Now I'm gonna okay. Well, we're gonna throw this out here. So, this is total worst case scenario. Let's say this takes 
through September to get under control. I know that sounds far-fetched, and I don't believe that'll take that long, but, but it could, well, no but we knows. don't know. Like very well, we don't shit, know. We could, we could lose, at the end of the day, no one knows, we could lose all of next season, too, for all we know. Like, for all I, we know. I'm not even wanting to speak that into existence. But So let's say we lose half of next season. Yeah, so you're starting Florida, December, January. And these January. players, from all I've been told, are going to continue to get paid, even if they don't go into next year. So and Friedman also had said that the insurance or the insurance for the NHL wasn't covering as much as the owners had hoped on the last 31. So you heard. think Florida's Florida's management didn't even balk at it three months ago saying they had to cut 10 million in salaries amongst their staff. You know, there's going to be staff staff layoffs in the next two weeks in the national hockey league. I, I can guarantee yeah. that. There's going to yeah. be staff layoffs and we got owners that are getting crucified because they're not paying the guy selling the beer. I'm sorry. I'm worried about the beer salesman too, but I'm more worried about Betsy in the office selling tickets than I am the beer. Sale. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. I, no, I, I know, but I, but, I just have to, for sake of transparency, I was the one of the ones that jumped on the opportunity to crucify your owners. <laughs> well, I think my only, I think my owner was just speaking the truth. Like what's the realism on this? I, I think so, it was, and here's one of the points I brought up in defense of them. So, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that it's not, I'm not trying to be insensitive that I don't want people getting taken care of because I do, but here's the deal. I guarantee you that if an ownership group said, all right, here's $6 million. We're going to take care of all the staff, right? Second yeah, of whatever all, they were scheduled to make yep, over the rest of the second season. of all, you don't hear NFL teams getting crucified for it too, just because they're not in season. Their guys aren't going to get paid either. They're beer yeah, guys. But I think, but well, here's the thing. And I I'll admit, Sorry to cut you off. I don't, I don't know anything about labor law in the States, but from my understanding, like the salaried staff were not in fear for any of the teams because they're more or less legally obligated to pay them. It was the part-timers where how many part-timers is an NFL team going to have in the off season? Like maybe, yeah, but maybe some, but not in the, the States right now. We have salaried staff in the oil wells and all over the place. They're getting laid off left and right. They're just getting laid off for sure. Yeah. And that's going to happen to the, it's going to happen to the front office staff at the Florida Panthers. And I'm just using them as an example, but for sure. he, and here's what's going to happen though. I mean, like, so now he's got a, the ownership's got to write Bobrovsky at $10 million. Got to write all these guys, all these checks next year. Right. And they have no income coming in and they're hemorrhaging yeah. money to start. Same with Arizona. They're hemorrhaging money every single year. They say they're not. They are. They, it's, if you can go look it up, they're, they're hemorrhaging money. Yeah. And if I'm, and everybody says, well, they're billionaires, they're billionaires, they're billionaires. Well, yeah, but pretty soon they're not going to be billionaires when you got 80 million going out next year. Right? So, so how long before they say, well, screw this, I'm out. Agreed. And you have like, I mean, obviously the owners have rights and as far as, I mean, they run the league, but I think there's a, there's some are worse than others. I, I think obviously, right. Because you look in the sense of, I mean, let's look at Edmonton, for example, Cates is far. I mean, I, I'm sure he's not close to the richest owner in the NHL, but he's also, I'm sure no. he's in the middle of the pack or top 10. I think he's in the middle. Close yeah. around there. Yeah. So if the Oilers had said that they weren't going to pay part-time staff, me as a resident of Edmonton, our taxes just put 
$250 million. Same thing in Calgary mm-hmm. towards that new arena that, yeah, the city's going to get some money back on, but that's oh, not guaranteed. Lots that of owner, money back. City's going to get a ton of money back. I, I was reading also that it's not hotels, everything for events. Oh my God. Cities, the, I guess, see, that's, so I'm, I'm talking about just the building itself. And I agree well, no. because especially look at Edmonton, our downtown sucked before that arena district came out. Yeah. But now so, look so at no the concerts there, you I get. Mean, and the, there, the, there's also citizen money going towards that. And I'm not right. saying that the city's not benefiting, but I think it's, if it's feasible, I think it's kind of an obligation when you're that wealthy and employing that many people when you've had that commitment. So I'm not saying if this goes into next year, I'm not saying pay all the part-time kids what they normally would have been paid. Like that's okay. unreasonable. Well, so let me ask have, you this what question. What do we have a month left in the season? Yeah. Month and so a half. Pay, pay the kids for the month. Sure. Don't factor in playoffs. And I think that's more than reasonable. Okay. Let me ask you this. And I, and I, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. I don't. And, but and if an what happens? can't afford it, they've, they've got to figure something out there with the league or the other owners or something there. What like happens What happens next year? So all the fans are saying, pay them, pay them, pay them. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that. But what happens next year when they go and they want to sign their big left winger and they say, sorry, paid the popcorn guy, don't have any money left, can't, can't afford the player. <laughs> then the fans are going to be like, what in the hell? Yeah, for sure. Right? I don't think that happens for, for the vast, vast majority. Of I hope not. I, I don't hope think not. anyone folds either, honestly. You don't, huh? I mean, if anybody could, I think I'd be shocked. Florida. I would be shocked if a team folded. I would be absolutely yeah. shocked. But I'm not ruling it out. I think this would, well. Because here's the problem. And here's the tough thing is, is, is the question is, if this goes all the way through next year, do you think owners start negotiating to not play players full players full wage? Absolutely. I think they do too. Negotiating. And, I, and I, I just think they get together and say, we're not playing. We're not paying. We're just not paying. Yeah. Which would be a whole nother deal. Cause the, well, I mean the PA and the, cause there's the no clauses in their, co- I, I would highly doubt there's clauses in their contract for pandemics when they're not playing. No, but I think it would be approached similar to a lockout where I think a lot of the players with lockout proof contracts would be arguing that like I signed this deal in case we locked out, even we're though not we're not locking out. out. Yeah. I, I think it, that would be a dicey. I think that would get messy. <laughs> oh yeah. That would, you would, you would get a lot of players that what, are going to be but very here, pissed off. But here's the deal though. The owners hold the cards. They do. At the end of the day, that's where the money comes from. I mean, that's sorry. That's where the money and I don't from want, the fans goes. Through. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it sound like I don't want the payers to get played paid. I do, but I, I, I don't think we need it. We should pay them at the sacrifice of losing our league. No, I mean, obviously not. I mean, at, at the end of the day, the, well, are we worst case scenario in this too, by the way, we are. And at the end of the day, the, the, the players, assuming they're good with their money, the vast majority of them, as far as NHL players that are established NHL players, guys be that are fine. making 1.5 plus, be fine. They should be fine. Exactly. They're going like to be better off than me and you. Walmart making $42,000 a year. They're going to be better off than me and you. For sure. Right. They already are. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just. I don't this know. This could go for 10 years and I could work every day of those 10 years and those guys are still better off than me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. 
I, let's I, just be real here. Let's go on speed of speed. Like, well, and I and I'm not trying to be you know insensitive to the players. And I every time there's a lockout, I feel like I, I feel like I take an ownership owner's side. I just do, just because I want the payers to get play paid. You know, but like those I guys are the billionaires, right? In the ch- yeah, yeah, it is right because I I look at it and I always looked at it. Like in the, in the 04 or sorry, 05 lockout. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh four. Oh five. Yeah. That sucks. I had always looked at it and I, I was, I'll admit like I was a kid. So as far as like economics and, you didn't care. and you just were any like, of that, like I didn't lucky. know any of that shit. I yeah. still probably don't know much, but I'd always like my players are the favorite, the owners are the bad guys. Uh-huh. And I've definitely come more to like 50, 50 where like, I understand both sides. I just think like, I understand the the argument. I'm not saying you have this necessarily, but maybe you do of like, they're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Why do they need more? No, I don't because they're, because people are paying to go watch them. Exactly. So I'm, and that's, no. and at the end of the day, they're the, they're the best of the best and hey, the best of the best at anything, if the, especially in an industry that makes that much money, they deserve their fair share. I'll be completely honest with you. I love the CBA right now. I love the I salary it, I cap. I love everything. You know why? Because it gives Edmonton, for example, to be crappy for a while and then get into the playoffs. And this year, you guys really didn't have a lot of hopes this year, did you? I mean, a um, little. I mean, initially, well, well, you you were a bubble team. You were a bubble team. Yes, exactly. You were a bubble Nailed team. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, but you guys are playing good. So yeah, you know what I mean. So like, I, look I at how like, teams like can flip flop. It helps so much. Keep. Like I just I watch baseball every year and I'm like, this team is freaking twenty six games out, and it's June second. Like, how <laughs> the fuck does that happen? Yeah, you know, like it, it, it it's so bad. And I I think God every day when I look at the NHL and go, holy crap, there's fourteen teams in the Western Conference that are still in a playoff race. And you know, just or, to hit on the baseball thing, or twelve my, in the that are one in of the my race. favorite sports movies is Moneyball. Yeah. Seen that movie? I I I don't know. I might have, have to that watch that during this. It's on it's on Netflix in Canada. So if you got some time off, or I'm gonna have to watch that. I'm gonna have to it, watch it's a great that. movie. It's pretty much talking about how they, you know, very very Spark Notes version, but mm-hmm. Brad Pitt brings in the a new young thinking kid that's using somebody else's theory to outsmart the other teams and pay for production. So they lose. Johnny Damon and Giambi the year before get knocked out in the playoffs and then lose their two-star players and then come back for a Cinderella run. And that's I mean, a good no show. Spoilers, no, I'm going to have to watch that again. All that long ago, but that's the thing. And that's like, but then that method, the teams with all the money, like that's how Boston won their first yeah. world series. They took that method and they're like, well, we can take your method of paying appropriately for production and not just paying for big names where, and look at the statistics differently, but we still have way more money than you. Like, does so, it scare you? Like, does it scare you to have, and and don't get me wrong here now, they are probably two of the top four players in the league, but does it still not bother you a little bit when you look at cap friendly and see how much you got money plugged into two players? No. No, it doesn't really. <laughs> and I, I think the thing is, especially like, so, so let me ask you this question. Do you think you have a better shot at winning a Stanley cup going the pay the top 
five guys a ridiculous amount and then just plug in secondary guys? Or do you think the mold of not paying anybody over $8 million and building a core of a bunch of $6 million guys, I mean, what method do you think works better over time? I mean, I think they both have their pros and cons over time. I think as far as longevity is the more balanced roster for sure. Mm-hmm. I think as far as trying to push your team over the co- the top. But what you're relying this, this on might be biased, but I think you're, I think you need game breakers. Now you're putting mm-hmm. more eggs in one basket or two baskets or three baskets. But I, I will say too, and this is a team that's easy to rip on for pretty much every other fan Toronto? in the NHL is Toronto. <laughs> like you look at the situation in Edmonton yeah, and then you look at the situation in Toronto and they have way more money committed to, albeit more quantity of players, but inferior players to what Edmonton has in their top two. Ab- absolutely. Three. Absolutely. And I mean, and then they've got great players over there too, but they have no defense. Like they're, they're kind of what the Edmonton model was before almost where like, yeah, they've got a lot of young, exciting fire up front. I like your defense now compared to a year ago. I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, I think, I think, sorry, my D our defense or Toronto? No, yours. Oh, for sure. Sorry. I thought I was even saying Toronto. Oh, I I like Toronto. The guy they got from LA too. Yeah. Um, Barry. And then who'd they get from LA? Uh, last year. Sorry. They're like Muzzin. Oh yeah. Jake Muzzin. I thought Muzzin was a great, a yeah. great acquisition. Barry, honestly, not so much, but I, I think our defense took a big step forward and, and you can't discredit Tippett there either. Like, I think he really brought a system a in that he's getting fan. the guys to buy into. I'm a huge, huge fan, fan of, Tippett. of Tippett. I love him. I wish Calgary I think he's a great coach. I wish he, Calgary He's one of the best him. coaches the Oilers have had. I mean, since the good years of Craig McTavish. As soon as sure. you guys hired him, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, like, I was. Oh, no. I, I just, I knew, I knew that good things would come because he, he just finds a way to, to get the best out of their players. Does it? Wait, you know, now you got McDavid and Drysaitel this year that are taking up twenty-one million in your cap. But I could also make a legitimate argument that those are the two best players in hockey right now. You're totally right. But does it scare you that it's hard to replicate that year after year after year? For both for sure. guys, for both guys. Yeah. We're seeing that in Calgary this year, big time. Yeah. Um, how bad is the fallback next year? Well, I mean, the optimist in me, in me says there won't be a fallback. But and there might not be. There might it. not be. And I, I mean, I think when you look at, like, honestly, I think I'm what, not saying Dreisaitl will be legitimately the second best player in the world next year. But I think that guy, like you look at, he's young too. Like he's young as hell. He's 24 years old, I yeah. think. And it's like, you've got to believe. So do you think McDavid's. That, that guy's a 10, top 10 player in the NHL minimum, assuming he stays healthy. I think like, he's top like five. For years and years. No, for, but like, I'm talking minimum. Worst case yeah. scenario, like he takes a step back or doesn't continue to get better. Yep. He's still a top 10 guy. Oh yeah. And, and Connor is Connor. Like yep. I don't even have to say any more there. So. Honestly, I I don't think the fallback from those guys, I'm not even slightly worried about that. Okay. And I think the other thing, why I'd go against a fallback, I think one, the people building the roster and coaching the roster are so much more competent oh. than we've had in so many years. Yeah. And I think 
we still have such a young team that you might see individual players take a step back. And we're even seeing that this year. Like there's been guys that have taken a step back. Mm-hmm. And Jujar Kerr is a prime example. He has not, not been that he good was a this game year. breaker, but he has just not been good. And and it's it's frustrating. But we're so young. You know what? Though is that he I think not, you're going to see more players taking a step forward than players that are stay, taking a step back. Is he playing the same though? And he's just not like there. You have so many better players this year that just. Do you know what I mean? I think they they had. He's kind of been pushed to be a center. Mm-hmm. in his upbringing yeah. through the Oilers the last like three years, I just, four years. I don't, I don't and, see And this him. year they started him at a winger and he's actually, so not producing a ton, but they actually started playing him the last two, three weeks before the season suspended at fourth line center. And he's actually looked great. And I know you guys will be stoked to hear this is James Neal was our fourth line left winger and Alex Chase on who he didn't give a ton of money. I think it was two years by 2.1 last yeah. summer. He's our fourth line right winger. So yeah. some vets sliding back, but it actually looked like a really good fourth line. So let me ask you this. James Neal's one goal away from the sending Calgary a draft pick. Two. Is it two? Because it's 21. Yeah. Is it? Is it two? Uh, yes. Okay. I was hoping <laughs> they'd count the one the other night when he scored on Smith, but it's not going to work. Um, <laughs> but they don't. Up, Brad. <laughs> They don't. I mean, there's really no way that we see regular season hockey this year. I don't think. I I'd be shocked if they came out and said we're going to see a month and a half of regular season hockey, and then we're going to see playoffs. I'm be I'd laugh my ass off. So I don't think there's going to be. It would that, take a miracle. It would take point. more than a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So Calgary's going to get screwed out of that draft pick, which it's almost inevitable <laughs> that he would have been able to score two goals, right? Well, he had slowed down. A lot. Slowed like, down. He had went down. Games out. <laughs> Oh well, he's just not getting as much play. Like, I don't think he's scored in forever. Like, he hadn't scored this whole calendar year. He hadn't scored yeah. since January 1st. So do you think with 13 games left, he was going to get two goals? I don't, I think so. I'd like hope. I was so. going to think he wasn't like, I was already, <laughs> we were talking about before the season got suspended. That was like, shit, we might not have to give Calgary our third round pick now that it's been suspended. Well, I think Calgary would have probably tried to bank one off him. Yeah. <laughs> just let that last can you game, imagine just have the defense GM just, calls down like hey <laughs> tell, tell Brody like, to fire one right off of Neil into the or just or just let him let in yeah. muffins against him because it's not like Neil's gonna not score because of that or like not shoot because of that right Neil like, gets a shot players don't think that way Talbot they're not just gonna st- say oh I don't want that condition to kick in Talbot just yeah. steps to the side right in the middle of the net <laughs> like, yeah. thanks for the draft pick <laughs> Tip it benches Neil on for his second he goal. Probably so he probably would. <laughs> healthy scratch him the last night of the year. They probably would. Say yeah, they're resting him for the playoffs. Or resting him for the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I just realized, Brad, we didn't, I didn't really finish. We got sidetracked. I didn't really finish my point of okay. the mid-November. I'm sorry. So here's my, no, no, no. It wasn't you. I think I honestly sidetracked myself. Um, so let's say they award the Stanley Cup November 20th. Okay. You either, let's say, like you said, you, you push the draft next year. So it's 18 and 19 year olds and, and older, which would be that would, I'm already sidetracking myself. Great. Think of the tanking for that draft. <laughs> like it would be nuts. It'd be stupid. But anyways, so you have till January 1st, 
to start training camps. Yeah. So that's a month and a half, little under a month and a half for free agency and off season training, which isn't a lot, but you'd obviously have to push back. Like when, when do RFAs not be able to play after there'd have to be a lot of on the fly league emergency meetings to set it up. But if they made that their priority, I think you could make it work. Because I think at the end of the day, and here, here's my thing, and this is what I said to Kyle. It's just so sad to me that if you susp- cancel the season, that's 69 or 70 games, depending on the teams, that were for nothing. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. The guys that got injured, tough luck. Maybe that derails your career. We didn't even award the Stanley Cup that year. Like I, that's just such a gross, disgusting thought to me. It may happen, but that's, that's as the fan perspective. I know the owners and the league are going to say, we want to play 82 games next year if we can, or 70 or however many we can. And they're going to prioritize that. Wait a second though. That that's a fan's perspective that has a team that's going to make the playoffs. For sure. And I'm biased. I okay, fully and admit it. <laughs> if we, I, Kyle, Kyle and I said this too. If we were dead last in the league, like we were so many years like, that year, we'd be saying, Frick, screw this season. Let's just do the lottery. We'll take Lafreniere. Like, let's do it. Like, but, for sure, I'm biased. But I'm going to throw one out there as a Calgary guy who's in a playoff spot right now. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep at night if we lose the season. And I want to see the Stanley Cup awarded, and this is probably the year Calgary would freaking make a run because everything's well, been that's so the thing bad. Is I feel like the it's so tight in the West right now but, that like the only teams I'm legitimate, legitimately worried about is Vegas, Colorado, and St. Louis, and anything can happen. I, I know but you're I not you're not worried about Calgary at all. I, I saw your tweets, John. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not. I think we won that series for sure. I was so good. I was so good to chirp you back, but I just I, I held back. I did. I just thought, ah. I saw him. I saw him. Oh, did sorry. Did Zoom take their limit off during this crisis? They must have. They, they must have. We're not seeing. Okay, cool. But um, as sorry, a Calgary fan, if they, if they totally said we're done, I'd look at the year and go, all right, Valamaki got hurt before the camp started. Brody had a serious seizure. Our coach got fired. Hamannick went down. You're now. I'm good with this. Just calling this good. I'm yeah, just good. You're good with just saying. I'm, I'm good happened. with, yeah, I'm good with it. Pretending <laughs> well, like think, this and, never and happened. Not only that, but think of the guys that regressed yeah. like statistically so oh. much. Like Johnny hockey had a yeah. rough year. Oh. Monaghan had a rough year. Like oh. other than Kachuk. Lindholm. Who, else, who are the Lindholm. Other breakout guys? Lindholm had a great year. Riddick. Uh, Riddick's been awful lately. No, Riddick didn't. Yeah. Oh no. yeah. Sorry. Cam Talbot had kind of R- been not your guy, but had been the better goalie. Yeah. For- Riddick's been struggling since all-star game. Or if you're an Edmonton fan, the stick flip. <laughs> I was um, just going to say, <laughs> I'll get that out of the way since I knew you're going to yeah, take a I, shot I there. Like, I was, I was, that like, was on the tip of my not, tongue. Nothing like beating people to the shot there. Yeah, I know. I'm but now. <laughs> you know, I think, I don't, I, I think this is here. Here's the bad part for the Calgary perspective. What this year was for the Flames was was twofold. We were going to really see what our core was made out of in the regular season and the postseason. For sure. Now we still don't know because the core had a crappy regular season, and we don't know the postseason. 
So do we go off of that and say, well, we need to change the core and change a good draw and a Monahan out? I don't know. So we didn't learn anything there. This was the year we were going to see if Riddick was going to be our starter. And we thought that all up until all-star game that all systems were go there. Now we don't feel that. So we really didn't learn anything there either. So this is really a total disaster for the flames. So I understand that, but I think you're covering something up. What do you mean? If you write this year off and just play a full year next year. Yeah. Milan Lucic has one last year on his contract. Good and point. That's why you want this year to cancel. Good point. But I will We're say still the one paying thing. Him. I will say the one thing. You guys also don't know what playoff Lucic is going to be like. Because nope. I, I, I mean, don't I'm know not that either. Facetious here, but I, I genuinely think Lucic has the potential to have more of an impact in the playoffs than Neil does. Can I? Can I give you? Oh, I agree with you. But you know what? I'm going to give you one thing on Lucic. And I am not a Lucic fan. I flipped when I saw the trade. I prayed it was fake news. It wasn't. Um, Lucic has been way more of an impact, especially in the second part of this season, than Neil was at all last year. Lucic has been fine the, the last three, I, three, four weeks. I, I, I haven't. I've actually liked his game, to be honest with you. I, actually I, I definitely had, I had seen, I'm trying to remember what game it was, Brad, they, but they started to I use them watching right. a flames game, probably about a week or two before. And Lucci genuinely looked like one of your better players. Yeah. And uh, the thing with him is, I don't know what and, that's and saying for is, other and guys. I'm, not even, I'm kind of sick that I'm defending him, but I also felt bad for the way not Lucci. Like he deserved the criticism in Edmonton, but I felt bad in the sense that, it wasn't that he was nonchalant about it. Like you knew that guy was hurting and unhappy with the way he was playing Mm -hmm. and was trying to change it. But the thing is, he's not a guy that can go balls to the wall for 82 games and then a playoff. And that's why you don't want to kind of energy guy that you get engaged. And I mean, I'll criticize him because it's at times because at the end of the day, he's a flame and I'm going to take my shot when I have it, but I, I will defend him too, where, I think when he's on and he's invested and he has that, he picks that spot to go balls to the wall. I think he can be an effective player still. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I will say the only thing I wish they would have done differently this year, I wish they would have sat him uh, every once in a while um, so that he Just could for kind of management. Yep. Yep. We don't need that physical presence in every single game. We don't. Yeah. And um, you've, you've got some guys that are physical in their own right as well. Yeah. Just like we do too. Like, so I think it's not just Lucci, you know, you don't need to play him every single game. And I honestly believe since when he came out in the press here, he was having a real tough stretch and he came out in the press. I want to say it was in January and said that he's, that he had actually contemplated quitting. Yeah. Since I had, then I had seen that. Was that actually, did he talk about that on his hockey night in Canada yeah. after hours? Yeah. That's what it was. I think it was January. Yeah. I've lost track of time. I don't even know what day. I think it was, yeah, there. January or February, somewhere in there. You know, since then, he's been a pretty good player, honestly. And I, I, you know, sometimes clearing the air and yeah. getting honest with yourself and getting honest mm-hmm. with your fans can, uh, can reset players. But uh, I hope that we have hockey. I hope we finish it. Um, 
I'm worried that we won't. If I had to put money in Vegas on it, that we that we probably won't get to see a Stanley Cup hoisted this year. I pray that I'm wrong. Um, I would love a Battle of Alberta. I, it would be so fun. It would be so fun. But I, I think with the way the standings were looking, my prediction was that the Flames are going to screw it up again, anyways, and we weren't going to get a Battle of Alberta. So, I, I hope you're. <laughs> I, I actually like somebody. You know, everybody asked me, "Well, do you want a Battle of Alberta?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I want it if we're going to win. I don't want it if yeah. we lose." <laughs> but I guess you can't I've, have I've heard both. A lot of Oilers fans saying they don't want it. Just because the risk of losing and this how bad that would be is fairly isn't high. worth the per, like the I know the positive of winning. <laughs> but if I had to say, and we can kind of wrap on this, if I had to say, do you want Vegas in the first round or Calgary in the first round? Who do you want? Calgary for sure. Uh, me too. Do you want Vancouver or do you want Calgary? Vancouver. Do you? Assuming Calgary wins their round. See, I want Vancouver because I want I, I want, want Vancouver Alberta, too because I think we can abuse them. I, I think so too. And I think I've said this right from the get-go and we talked about this. So we, we can give a shout out to this, our Patreon uh, Pacific round table. Yeah. We did a while yeah. back. Check out the Patreon on the hockey podcast network. But I, I said it then I said it at the start of the year, it, it's impressive what they're doing. This was a big growth year for them, mm-hmm. but they don't scare me in any way. The only thing that they did for a couple weeks though. is if Markstrom steals a series, I know, but if he doesn't absolutely steal a series, I'm confident Calgary or Edmonton wins that. Well, this, if we don't have this virus, Vancouver doesn't make the playoffs. Are they in? They're They're not in in the playoffs right now. They're not even in the playoffs. Didn't they pass you guys for third? I thought, because I thought the Oilers would play Vancouver. They're outside of a wild card spot right now. Calgary's in third. Okay. So they're out of it right now. But the way they were trending was not good. Markstrom was hurt. I mean, they, yeah, they they, they had been struggling for weeks. They had issues. Um, now if the, if we come back and play again, they're all going to be healthy and that sucks. True. It, you know, I have a tough time with Vancouver because I'm not going to lie. I just really dislike a majority of their fans. It's not even like, like flames fans. I have issues with some, but it's more your team and like with on ice that I, that I hate. Vancouver, I actually genuinely like a lot of their players. Like, I do too. Like, like I love I'll, Brock Besser. Me, me too. Besser's, Besser's wicked. Bo Horvat is one of my, I mean, I'm not going to say favorite players in the NHL, but if I had to name my hundred favorite players in the NHL, Horvat's in there. Yeah. Same thing with Peterson. Peterson. How I, I, I always get that wrong. I'll never I know. Get I'm right. not, I'm not, a, I, I, honestly, I, I, respect I like Markstrom too. So do like, I. I. Like right through. And I'm like, I, and I like Tyler Myers in Winnipeg before he went over there. And I'm like, God, as I would, far as roster wise, I actually kind of like them. I know, but I, I, but yeah. I hate their fan base enough oh, that I want their team to lose every single too. game. Like, me too. I, you know, it, it's one of those things. <laughs> well, at least we agree on that. And, uh, yeah. I don't and know. On a positive. Well, thanks for joining me, John. It's always fun to talk flames and Oilers and not so fun to talk about the scary situations we have going on in the world, but uh, hopefully we could pull fans away from those thoughts for a few minutes and enjoy a little bit of hockey talk. And as the summer goes, or if we get back to hockey, which would be wonderful, I'd like to have you back on the show. And um, always a good time talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Absolute blast talking to you as always.